it's your plan, so we want to make sure that it fits your mold in terms of what you want it to look like. It doesn't matter what I want, it's about you. And so we just need to do a good job of asking the right questions and really listening at the end of the day and, and following up on some of those questions to dig a little bit deeper to make sure that we're bringing the, the root causes to the top. Welcome to the All Things Retirement Podcast with certified financial planner, Anthony Alpha. Here's your host, Ben George. Welcome into All Things Retirement. Today, we're going to present some questions that maybe you should be asking yourself to help you understand kind of where you stand financially, maybe help make an impact on your retirement plan, your financial plan. So we'll present you five questions. We're going to have Anthony explain to us, hey, what do the answers mean? What should you be looking for? Depending on what your answer is, is it good or bad towards your future? We'll kind of give you some idea of that today on the podcast. We've got a couple of mailbag questions as well we're going to get to, plus a little news I'm going to get some, some reaction from Anthony on as well. So pretty big show planned today, so we're glad to, to have you with us. We welcome in Anthony if you haven't joined us before. He is a certified financial planner. He's also the founder at Cardinal Wealth Group, their office right there in Cherry Hill, serve South Jersey, Philly. All the areas around there, he works with clients uh, across the board. So glad to talk to you again, Anthony. How are things? Yeah, everything's going great. Uh, thanks for asking, Ben. We actually um, have just opened a uh, tax office now, too, called oh. Creative Tax Pros. So I will um, uh, post a link there on our website as well. Just uh, another office that we've opened up uh, for uh, specifically tax planning. So we've been busy with that. I was going to say that that's probably a good thing because um, I was just talking to someone in office who does all who does our books, and she was just like, "Man, somebody asked me the other day, you know, how's how's work going for you?" And she said, "You know, usually we do a lot of our continuous education like in the end of the year, but things are changing so much with taxes and and uh, all the policy that's coming down and and everything that's happened with the relief and all this stuff." She's like, "It just is. There's no slow period right now. It just stays busy." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Part of us, it was really just to, um, we, you know, in the wealth management, financial planning and stuff, we, we're talking about it a lot of times. And I just felt like if we could bring in the tax side in house and not have to rely on um, outside folks, which nothing wrong with that. I, I just thought it was more of a seamless process to be able to have it uh, from a more holistic planning standpoint. So yeah. normally the taxes uh, are involved with basically everything. And so we just, hmm now have the right hand and the left hand speaking to one another, which is which is nice. Yeah, it's great for your clients as well. And reminds me too, while you're on the website, there's a uh, toolkit that you can request right now. It's a tax-free retirement toolkit. It'll help you out. Some great resources there. All you have to do is visit cardinalwg.com to request it, and Anthony will get it out to you, so that'll help you out as well. And, you know, while we're talking you know, kind of news, you mentioned your, a little bit of your news, one, one headline that kind of caught my attention, and I'm, I'm sure this is something you're talking about, maybe at least a decent amount with people right now is because interest rates are so low. Um, it's a great time for many people to buy a house, but you know, on the flip side of things, you look at the home values, you know, they're also very, very high. So it's a good time to sell a house. So help me make sense of this. Should we be buying or selling right now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I really just never understood the whole, it's a great time to buy. It's a great time to sell. Cause I always looked at it as well. It's, a double-edged sword at the end of the day, because if I do sell, I got to go and buy something. And if it's a good time to sell, it means probably prices are high. Right. So then I got to go buy something that's probably more expensive. Um, so I never really quite understood that. So, you know, I 
would say like, hey, if you like the neighborhood you're in, you like living in that place, you like your neighbors, a school district, whatever motivates you to be there and you're happy, then yeah, stay there. And if it's time to sell because a life event or you just want to move, then look at selling. I, I just have never looked at the personal home ownership side as more of a, a play on, you know, hey, sweetie, you know what? I was just at the coffee shop and saw a realtor says it's a great time to sell. So uh, let's <laughs> let's move because we can make 50 grand on our house right now. But, you know, because I, I just don't look at it in that sense. And I really would talk to people more from the sense of on their personal home, you know, whether or not maybe it makes, it makes sense to look at refinancing or change a mortgage or pay it down or for like changing in, in your lifestyle standpoint, and uh, you know, if you're going to downsize, does it make sense to here or at a different place, or does it make sense to rent? So, and we would run some of those differences. And you know, does it? How much better of a lifestyle am I getting from moving from here over to there, and things like that, uh, or into different states? The other side maybe might be more on the real estate investment front, where people might have more of those questions about whether or not it makes time sense to sell at this point. And so yeah. we would have some of those conversations, but then also understanding, you know, what, what are we going to reinvest it into? Is it another property? What are we going to do with the proceeds from the gains from a tax standpoint? And, you know, if it's a good cash flowing property, are we going to find something of a equal or better rate of return? And, or maybe it's not a good rate of return and it's time to, you're doing all this work, but you're not getting any benefit from it. So we, we would probably stick more on that level. I, I would probably tend to stay away about saying people in their personal homes to, it's time for you to, to move because it's a time to sell versus buy or something like that. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, you might be selling for a premium, but you also on the other side might be buying at a premium. So it all kind of balances itself out. I always kind of felt like that. Like, you know, timing is never going to be perfect. It's in a lot of stuff that you do in life. You just you know, you go with the flow and it works itself out over I wonder time, if it's probably. just some real estate marketing of, uh, you know, it's a <laughs> good be. time to sell, you know, then, right. you know, it's always a good time to sell. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, let's get into our main topic of conversation today, which I, as I mentioned before, is understanding yourself, kind of how, how you can look inward to benefit your financial future. And, you know, we're going to ask a few questions here to Anthony some questions you should be pondering yourself, figuring out the answer to, and only you can answer these questions on your own, and then how they apply to financial planning in general. So I've got five on our list today to go through. Let's begin with this. What financial issues do I really worry about? What's keeping me up at night? Why is that question important? I think that's generally the number one reason of ultimately why is somebody coming into our office now. And a lot of times it could be something along the lines of, do I have enough or am I going to run out of money? And that really applies to no matter how much money you have in the bank. So it's not just something that poor people are concerned about. Wealthy people are also still concerned about that as well. And I think it's one of the typically one of the first topics that we're usually going to be addressing when we're working with somebody new. And I think other times you might have some people that are trying to figure out should I've done better saving earlier in my life and trying to almost kick themselves while they're down and trying to get them to focus on, okay, what's where are we at today and where are we going? And I think some people are generally feel upset or frustrated about maybe how much taxes they pay or have they been sold something by a previous 
advisor in the past and they just want to make sure, you know, is that vehicle still the right decision or has it maybe lost some of its usefulness at this point? And what are some alternative options there? So I think those are kind of the main things that we're coming across uh, pretty often. Okay, makes sense. Second question to, to be thinking about, what do I really desire the most financially speaking? And I guess this is important because, you know, you need to have goals. Where are you, what are you trying to get to? What are you trying to accomplish? Yeah, I think most people at the end of the day, when they come in and we, or we're asking these questions, but generally are, you know, am I going to be okay? And I do also think that some people feel like at times that they're missing out on something like a, the newest product or their friend, you know, told them about this or a coworker told them about this new investment and they want to make sure that, you know, it's not something that they should be in. And I, I would tell you that those are a lot of times uh, we'll ask them, you know, what is something that might be on your mind that you're thinking about making a change to or that you want to test so that we can make sure that we, we test it for them in terms of what they're currently using versus what they might also be thinking about. So some people would be also of the mindset that even when we do test things and we do mention that there could be something else out there, don't always want to make that change because they're used to uh, those things that work. So if it's not broken, you know, why, why change? And, and so I think that those are usually what people are trying to figure out from a call it investment product type of standpoint and, you know, making sure that they're ultimately going to be okay either way. I got you. Um, next question to be pondering as you kind of think about yourself and get a better understanding of your financial situation. Do I have any biases that affect my financial decisions? What can you learn from this? Well, I would say that we all are biased. I, I'd say let's first agree on that. And, and yeah. specifically, I'm talking about financial advisors and, and myself included. Um, but what I can tell you is that we, we are not ever going to be saying, uh, and I don't, cause I don't think we're gonna have much luck with that. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, uh, would you mind telling me about some of your, your biases before we get started today? Because <laughs> that's basically like asking like, Hey, uh, what's wrong with you? Would you mind telling me that before we get started? I, I don't think we're going to have much luck there. So what I would say is that we generally will go through a process to get a better understanding of say the meaning of money to, to, to folks, uh, what, what they want it to do for them why isn't it working or why it is working and what they like most about it, what don't they like, what some of the changes that they're looking for, you know, what would a great relationship looking back, you know, a year or two, like what would have to happen for you to feel great about some of these changes that you're taking, thinking in? Um, how do you feel about risk? And, you know, or just even understanding what it was like growing up in our household as a kid and what values they have. These are all things that will really bring to the forefront uh, maybe some of their preconceived notions, those biases, rather than just point blank asking that. So that's that's generally how we will go about it. Because again, th these are personal topics. It should have subjectivity to it at the end of the day. And it's your plan. So we want to make sure that it fits your mold uh, in terms of what you want it to look like. It doesn't matter what I want. It's about you. And so we just need to do a good job of asking the right questions and really listening at the end of the day and, and following up on some of those questions to dig a little bit deeper to make sure that we're bringing the, the root causes to the top. Gotcha. Well, what can we learn from this question? What, uh, what does this reveal? What did I learn about money from my parents, either by explicit teaching or just by observing them? 
Absolutely. I, I, you know, I've said this before from uh, research that many of us get our, our views on money and, and risk and, and whether it's uh, stock or annuities or real estate, um, are we a planner, saver, spender? Are we tight-lipped? Are we somebody who talks a lot, very talkative, a warrior? Planner, not a planner, organized, unorganized. Like everybody's, you know, shaped or becoming some type of mold due to the influence from their parents at the end of the day. So if you don't understand some of that past history, how can you truly get into the empathy and understanding of the person across from the table from you? And so asking some of those questions are going to help the advisor to be a better teacher, educator, um, to the client. And that's ultimately what we're being paid to do or being asked to do. And it shouldn't just be, you know, one, uh, one-sided agenda and us telling them, you know, two ears, one mouth. So we should be listening two thirds of the time, uh, you know, and mm-hmm. talking one third of the time. Yeah. <laughs> we could all get, get some benefit out of that advice for sure. Um, all right. Last thing to think about and to ask yourself and is what does money really mean to me? What role do I want it to play in my life? You know, this, I guess, is a pretty deep question, but I guess it's important when you're when you're thinking about where you want to go and what you want retirement to look like. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think this is a problem or something that you know all advisors are constantly up against. Is that I think that when a client or a new potential client comes in they are oftentimes almost giving us the answer that they want or have expectations that we expect to hear rather than maybe unloading actually what is the problem or what is the root cause. And that really, to get to those answers uh, in terms of the meaning and why it's so important and, and the role it plays in your life really, I think, makes us have to dig deeper and to really go for that truth that's maybe be a little bit more emotional, right? But the problem is, too, is that not every person walking into your office wants you to ask and go that deep that quickly. And I think it's a balancing act. You have some people who are ready to share those types of things with you. And then you have other times that people are giving you answers that are really at the surface. But, you know, like the iceberg, the, all the problem is underneath underneath there. So, you know, sometimes, and, and to be fair, too, sometimes people are just coming in for general financial advice, like, hey, i haven't looked at how well I'm doing. Am, am I on track or not on track? And I, it's not a deeper money meaning type of problem. But oftentimes when people do come in with an issue, what they're saying is not the actual uh, total meeting of the root cause. And, it, and it's certainly deeper in there and it, and it requires us to dig. But it's a tough balancing act to really get, get there all the time. Gotcha. Well, hopefully this, this will help you be thinking about some things and kind of get a better feel for what's important to you and how you look at money, your perspective of money. It'll help you with financial planning and, and your finances moving forward. But again, I encourage you to always sit down with a financial planner. Anthony is a certified financial planner. He's also the founder at Cardinal Wealth Group. He can help you, you know, understand these questions. He answers these questions, what they mean for you, and then, and then also to apply a plan that's going to work and meet your goals, meet your, your needs in retirement and uh, give you some confidence over the long term. Very, very important to do. So reach out, cardinalwg.com is the website, or you can call them at 609-605-2808. A couple of mailbag questions today for you, Anthony. I'm going to throw your way. Uh, we got a few into the show, and again, encourage everybody to send them in. We'd love to hear from you. Victoria says, my husband wants to leave a lot of money to the kids, 
but I've worked hard to be able to retire and I don't want to scrimp and save the rest of my life. What do you see as a reasonable amount to leave as a legacy? Yeah, this is uh, pretty common where you have one spouse who feels one way about that topic of leaving money behind and the other spouse might feel not quite the same. They could be more of the mindset of, uh, yeah, I'd like them to get something, but I'm not going to change my lifestyle today because I've worked really hard to get into this spot. And if they get something, that that's great. And where the other might want to feel like I will sacrifice some of my actual current living to make sure I'm providing for my family when I'm not here. So it's certainly not uncommon. I don't think that there's a rule of thumb of what's a reasonable amount. It's a, it's a personal question. And it's something that ultimately between the two spouses, they're going to have to come to some type of agreement on. And I think there's a lot of ways to get there, right? It's not just the liquid money. I mean, there could be fixed assets like like a home. And then you can also look at things like a a permanent life policy, where you are maybe making a small premium uh, payment from your income, but it gives the uh, person who doesn't really, let's say, care as much about leaving a legacy uh, the ability to spend the rest, but also help solve the problem for the person that wants to leave a specific number behind. Um, and so sometimes that could that could work for, for both parties at the end of the day. Very good. All about compromise. One, yeah, <laughs> definitely. You're not alone, though, Victoria, I'm sure, right, Anthony? That's not at all. Everybody's not at all. On. All right, Ron is our next question. He says, I'm anticipating a market crash any day now, so I've got about half of my IRA in cash. That means I have about $350,000 that's not really making any money. So I don't want to just leave it there for too long. How long should I be waiting before I reinvest it? Well, I I think that maybe you take a step further back and maybe revisit some some planning there, Ron. And what I would do is just maybe go through a process to understand how much of that money do you actually need to be putting to work in order to kind of meet your, your goals and who knows, maybe you can keep half of it in cash and, and not have to worry about it at all. Or maybe the answer is somewhere in between uh, that of having it in cash and, and putting it some of it back into the market. So what I would really do is, is go through a planning process with, with an advisor to run a couple different scenarios to see how much of that money actually needs to be at work for you to live the type of lifestyle that you want. And, and hopefully, you know, kind of match it up to your overall risk level. So you don't have to try to, you know, keep timing the market because that's, that's not an easy uh, thing to do at the end of the day. And uh, hopefully that will allow you to live a little bit uh, easier uh, on, on your terms without trying to, you know, play the, play the market in and out every, uh, every day. Yeah, very few people have success doing that. It's better just a off lot just, of work. Yeah, <laughs> that, not only that too, it's exhausting. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to do it with like a like some fun money, right? Uh, or, but it's another thing to kind of do with your, your retirement nest egg. Yeah, no question. All right, let's close it out on that note, Anthony. Good conversation today. Enjoyed the podcast. I encourage everyone to subscribe if you haven't already. No matter where you listen, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, you'll find us everywhere. Subscribe. Uh, we have a new episode coming out every couple of weeks. You can go back and listen to all of our past episodes as well at cardinalwg.com. Also, go ahead and Request that toolkit, the retirement toolkit that Anthony provides for you. Schedule a meeting with him as well if you want to get deeper into your financial planning conversation. But we'll do it. I'll close it out on that note, Anthony. I appreciate the time as always. Really enjoyed catching up with you. Yeah, likewise, Ben. Thanks for the time, and I'll, I'll catch up with you soon.
information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.